Happy Easter, and thank you so much for joining us today at Shepherd's Gate Church. Whether this is your first time tuning in, or maybe this is a place that you call home, we are so glad to have you with us today. And we just believe that God has some encouraging words for you today on Easter 2020. You know, as we look at the world that we currently are living in, and we're again just dealing with this whole new reality of all of the things going on around us, I'm so glad that we have the opportunity today for a few moments to once again go to God's word and to be reminded of what it is that Jesus has done for us. And so I just know today is going to continue to be an encouragement to you and to your family. As we look around in our world around us, we know there's a lot of questions. We know there's a lot of doubts and a lot of fears. But it usually comes back to this one thing. It comes back to this kind of idea of, of hope. That our world needs hope. That our world needs to hear that it is going to get better. That we are going to get through this. And that God is still at work in our world. You know, it's interesting as so many of us have spent the last several weeks at home and we've watched on social media as so many things have been played out. And one of the most encouraging things that I was invited to be part of was a page on Facebook called Rainbows Over Michigan. And it was started by a family who invited their friends and family to join in back on March 21st. And wouldn't you know, in less than two weeks, they had over 100,000 followers. And now they're close to 200,000 followers. And people have been taking chalk and paint, and they've been decorating their windows. They've been decorating their driveways. They've been decorating their sidewalks. And it's absolutely incredible to see so many people trying to offer hope trying to just remember that, that together, that we can come together, that we can get through this, and that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that God is still at work. I've been absolutely amazed at some of the abilities of people even in my own neighborhood as my family has gone for walks, and we've looked at the creative things that people have done to their sidewalks and to their front windows. And if you haven't had a chance to do this yet, I would just encourage you to do this. No matter how old you are, no matter what stage or age of the game that you're in, what an incredible way for us to be able to come together and to provide each other hope. I have some incredible news to share with you today. It's the story of Jesus the story of what it is that Jesus has, in fact, done for us. And so today on Easter 2020, we're going to be looking at all four Gospels. We're going to be looking at these four different accounts because as we bring the Gospel accounts together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it gives us the opportunity to look all around and to see what it is that took place on that very first Easter Sunday. In fact, Luke 24 puts it this way, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Isn't it interesting that it was very early in the morning? 
And it was actually the women that went there. They were the ones that got up early and they went to the tomb to continue to minister to Jesus' body as they just figured he was still in the grave. And yet, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said this to them. Listen to these words. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember, this is the guy's telling him this. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then it says they remembered his words. They remembered They remembered how Jesus over and over and over again had told them, listen, I'm going to be handed over and I will be crucified. And yes, I will die. But on the third day, I will rise from the dead. Well, the women, what did they do? They went back from the tomb and they told these things to the 11 and to all the other disciples. And so these 11 were 11 of the 12 disciples that Jesus had handpicked. 11 of the disciples because Judas was already not part of the scene anymore because he betrayed Jesus. And so here are these 11 disciples. And the women are the ones that announce that the tomb is empty to them. Look what happens next. We got to jump to John's gospel. It says this, so Peter and the other disciple, and we know that the other disciple is John. So Peter and John started for the tomb. Both were running Imagine this. Why are they running? Because they need to see it for themselves. They need to see that this has actually taken place. And I love the detail here because it says the other disciple actually outran Peter. John was a faster runner than Peter. And he actually reached the tomb first. He bent over when he got there and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there. But yet he didn't go in. It says Simon Peter came along behind him. And he didn't stop. He went straight past John, straight into the tomb. And he too saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. You kind of got to imagine what John and Peter were thinking in this moment. Is this really happening? Am I just in a dream Did someone steal Jesus' body and someone's just playing a big trick on us and just went and got more burial cloths and put these in there? Or is this really true? Did Jesus actually rise from the dead? It says, finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, that John also went in and he saw and he believed. But yet, at the same time, they still, both of them, didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had arised from the dead. And so what did they do? They went back to where they were staying. They went back into their homes. They went back and were trying to figure out what their next steps would be. Isn't it interesting that on the very first Easter, there wasn't a big crowd that gathered around the tomb 
There wasn't a, a, a praise team and singing and a choir and all sorts of things that we, come, we have come so accustomed to in our worship and our Easter celebrations. In fact, it's kind of odd as you read the details and you, and you dig into the different accounts and you see what actually transpired that day. On the very first Easter, the disciples were actually locked in their homes. And it was actually too dangerous for them to come out. It's just that Peter and John apparently were willing to risk that danger, to run to the tomb. And even after they ran to the tomb, what did they do? They ran back to their homes and locked themselves away once again. See, they were afraid for their own lives. And not only were they afraid for their own lives, they were afraid for the lives of their family members. You know they wanted to believe this good news. They really wanted to believe this good news that the women had told them that Jesus had in fact risen from the dead. But maybe it just seemed too good to be true. It's interesting because as you read the gospel accounts and as you see everything that transpired on that day, that Jesus appeared to, to Mary Magdalene. And Jesus appeared actually to Peter and another disciple, and we don't know who the other disciple is, but that he appeared to them on the road to Emmaus. But yet he still hadn't appeared to all of them. So here it is early in the morning, and these angels had appeared to the women, and they had given them instruction to go back and to tell the disciples. And Jesus had appeared to Mary, and he had appeared to just Peter and another disciple, but yet all day long, Jesus waited to appear to the disciples. Why does he do that? Why is it that, that God has this way of just stretching our faith? Why is it that God has a way of just slowing us down and making us wait for him and making us put our hope and our faith in him even when we don't get the opportunity to see the things that we want to see? How is it that God is still at work in our hearts and our lives? And I want you to see what it says next in our text in John. It says this, on the evening, the evening, he waited all day of the first day of the week, same day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked. They're still locking their doors for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came. And Jesus stands among them and he says, peace be with you. And after he says these words, he shows them his hands and his side. And as they're looking at his hands and his side, they're overjoyed that they now are seeing Jesus face to face. It's kind of interesting because we find out later in John that there was actually one of the disciples that wasn't there in this moment. One of the disciples, his name was Thomas. In fact, he told the other ten that were eyewitnesses that said, you're not going to believe this, but we were in this locked room, and all of a sudden Jesus appeared in front of us. Thomas said, no, I, I, I just don't really believe that. I'm not buying this narrative. And even though the women had come and they had told Thomas, hey, you're not going to believe this, but these two men that were angels had told us that Jesus had in fact risen from the dead. Here's Thomas saying, no, I just don't know if I really believe you. And we find out that Jesus actually didn't even appear to Thomas until eight days later. Eight days. Eight days. Why? 
Because God is the one that knows every human heart. God is the one that knows every human mind. And he knows exactly what we need. And he knows how to kind of strip down the layers of our lives. He knows how to give us exactly what we need in the moment that we need it. And he knew that this was all going to be part of stretching and growing the disciples' faith and for sure stretching and growing Thomas's faith. See, this year we probably get to experience the very first Easter like never before. We found ourselves in, in unprecedented times. Many of us, we, we're following the mandates. We're staying home. We're, we're gathered around our, our televisions and our cell phones and our iPads, even in this moment on Easter 2020. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you some encouraging words for you today. We await the second coming of Jesus we await that when Jesus gets that nod from God the Father and he says, it's time, I want you to go gather my church. I want you to go gather my people. And we eagerly await that day. And so today, I want you to hear this. I want you to remember this. The grave is empty. Jesus is alive and he is our living hope. Hebrews 10 says it this way, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. What we believe about Jesus to be true, even though we've never seen him, even though he's never appeared to us, we continue to hold on to that hope. We profess our belief in Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world, we confess this to be true because of what Jesus has done for us and the peace that he places in our hearts and in our lives today and every day. So in case you're still wondering, on this Easter, I've got some more good news to share with you. Church hasn't been canceled, and Easter isn't canceled either. Our parking lot here at Shepherd's Gate may be empty, and this worship center that we're in right now, it may be empty. But praise be to God, so is the tomb. Jesus is alive, and the church has been deployed all over Metro Detroit and all over the world, and Jesus is all around us. He is still at work in our hearts and our lives. So hear me today. Rise up. Rise up and live again. Realize it is God that has put the breath in our lungs, that we can smile, that we can rejoice, that we can thank God for what it is that he has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord, his hope. No matter what is going on in our world, his hope is actually all around us, and we can rejoice in that today. So happy Easter to each and every one of you. We have an opportunity now to profess that, to confess that, to, to rejoice in that, in the singing back to our God. And so let's join in these songs. Let's sing these songs together as a declaration of our faith and our trust and our hope in our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord.